Thank you so much for joining us for this week's message from Real Life Community, where we talk about connecting with God and others, growing in Christ-likeness, and sharing God's life with the world. My name is Sarah Comer, and I serve each week as Connections Pastor, making sure that you know that there is a God and a community that loves you and wants to go through the seasons of life with you. You can find us at reallifecommunity.org, and we would love to meet you on Facebook or Instagram. Until then, we hope this message meets you right where you are and helps you know just how deep the Father's love is for you. Well, good morning. Man, Sarah, I feel it again. All right, let's try it again. Good morning. So much better. Okay, well, so as we get started this morning, I want to point out something. If you didn't notice, there are these boxes along the front. Um, last Sunday night, our team spent some time decorating them. They are our um, Samaritan's Purse Operation Christmas Child boxes. Last year, we packed about 48 of these boxes. This year, we want to do more than that. So we started early getting the boxes ready. Um, I attended a meeting a week ago, and they talked about they showed images of kids receiving their boxes last year, and I wish I could have taken you all with me to hear the story of, of Sylvia, but um, in there they talked, or Yulia, sorry, they talked about um, how the kids opened their boxes and they were as excited about the box as they were about what was in the box and how many of them actually still have their box. Like these boxes are old. Um, Yulia was telling us the story that she got this purple pl- plastic box. Does anybody remember Caboodles? I, I'm dating myself a little bit here, but Caboodles. Okay, they were these like plastic boxes. They were super cool. Everybody wanted one. Anyway, um, Julia still has her purple plastic box, but she just doesn't travel with it. Sh- Julia got a stuffed dog in her box, and she talks about how she pulls out the dog at the meeting two weeks ago. This dog is from 2001, you guys, two, 20 years old. She received this box just a couple months after 9-11, and the fact that these, these boxes even got to her country after 9-11 was a miracle. But she talks about how the process of when she received this box, and the person who wrote her or gave her the box wrote her a letter, and she became pen pals with that person. And it was through that person and through the work of Samaritan's Purse that Yulia came to know Jesus as her Savior. And Yulia now today works for Samaritan's Purse spreading God's love through the shoe boxes. And I just think that's so cool. So I am so excited for these boxes this year. We thought, man, last year we, our boxes were a little boring. We didn't decorate the inside of them. So we started, we're decorating the inside of our boxes this year. So um, we've got boxes here that are decorated. If you're like, okay, I need the pre-decorated box. But if you're like, I want a blank box, we're gonna take it home and our family's gonna decorate it or I want to color one. I don't care how old you are, how young you are. It's fun to color a box sometimes. So um, if you say, I want a blank box, you come see me after service and I'll make sure I get you a blank box. But take a box home with you today. Um, I'll make sure you get a little, there's a little thing that goes in it to kind of give you suggestions of what to pack and um, fill it with all kinds of goodies. Um, the dollar store is a great place to do that pretty affordably. So we are starting a new mission statement here at Real Life. And we kind of didn't, we didn't elaborate quite well enough last weekend that um, that was the first part of our new mission statement is live real. Um, our name is Real Life, and that is not something that we have taken for granted since we've been here. And it's something that has resonated over and over with us is what we love about this church is that you can be real. And that's not always the case in churches, um, that people struggle to just be real and be themselves. And my hope and my prayer is that you would live real. But in living real, it's not just about being real and who you are. It's coming to know Jesus and really living in Christ. Yeah, so live real, know Jesus. Uh, We've got one more coming next week that we're going to unpack for you next week. But 
today we're going to be thinking about that know Jesus part. Uh, but before we go any further, what we want you to do is turn to your neighbor and tell them something that they may not know about you, maybe about your week, your year, about you in general. Uh, turn and talk to each other about that. Even if you're at home with somebody, maybe call a friend or text them and tell them Phone something you don't know. There you go. chatter I, I I also again I've said this before but I love from this viewpoint some of you describing something you don't that someone else doesn't know about you some of you like you don't move when you're telling it and then some of you are so expressive when you talk I just I resonate with you <laughs> anyway sorry so I love hearing uh hearing you chatter and things that you know um you know I have known Jeremy for a long time I've known him for about well 27 years now, since 1994, about this time, 27 years ago. Um, And I knew him, right? I knew of him about 27 years ago because I... What did you know about me? I'm getting there. I'm getting there. Okay. So I knew of him. I had been at my school since like third grade, and I was pretty involved in... um, the beginning of the school year kind of stuff, I went to a private school and, and we always had like welcoming things and different things that we did. And uh, I love the smirk on his face right now. Um, so I knew that there was this new guy in our class, okay? I knew that he was cute. Um, I knew, well. It was the big hair, wasn't it? It was the big hair. Y'all, senior pictures, they're big. Anyway, um, so I knew that he was this good-looking new guy. I kind of thought he had a girlfriend, who I now know is my sister-in-law. Okay, um, I, that sounds so bad. They were always together, and I didn't know who she was. And I'm like, we were oh. the newbies. Like we knew no one. They like clung to each other. Okay, because they didn't know anyone. Literally, they'd come back from Hong Kong and didn't know people. So I, I'm like, oh, he's so cute, but he's got a girlfriend and whatever. So I, I knew him, right? And then um, the first weekend of school, well, the first day of school was our like senior picture and they bring us all in the sanctuary of the church where there's all these like giant rows of seating and they are lining us all up to sit um, to get our picture that was going to be the cover inside cover of the yearbook and so we're getting these pictures and I'm again looking at him and I look at my friend and I was like he's really good looking and she's like yeah we know and I was like I was like I think I'm going to date him and she's like yeah I know so uh so he meanwhile is looking at me going 
I don't want to be near her. I don't want to, like, she's nuts, right? And um, so the photographer sits, he sits down on this side, and I'm over here by my friend Matt, and all of a sudden the photographer decides he needs to rearrange some people. God is good. Um, and he moves Jeremy right next to me, and I was like, this is off to a good start. Okay, so he moves over next to me, and I'm like, hey, I'm Chrissy, what's your name? And he's like, I'm Jeremy, whatever. So we introduce ourselves. Well, then uh, that weekend, we go on our, like, kickoff fall retreat for the school year, and uh, I was a bus host, hostess, and I'm like, you should totally ride my bus, and he's like, okay, and his sister's like, okay, but so they get on the bus, and I learned that that's his sister, which makes me even happier, and uh, we begin to talk, and we talked the whole way there, and we spent most of the retreat talking together. And, and I still, I knew him, you know, by the end of the weekend, I knew a lot about him. But I still didn't know him. I am 27 years in, and I still don't fully know him, but I know a whole lot more about him now than I did 27 years ago. It's taken time. It's taken investment. It's taken... Um, spending time together, working through things together. It's taken, there's been highs and lows, but it's taken a lot of work to really know this man. Um, and I think that there are plenty of people who come to church and they know about Jesus, um, but they don't actually know Jesus in an ongoing, personal, and vibrant relationship. Uh, there's a difference between knowing God and really knowing God. To know Jesus means to have knowledge of him and to have a relationship with him. Matthew 7, 7 says, keep on asking and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks, receives. Everyone who seeks, finds. And everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. Um, when we keep uh, asking, when we want to know Jesus, we have to keep asking questions. We have to, we have to open our Bibles and, and ask questions of what we're reading. Why does this say this? What does this mean? You know, one of my favorite questions from people in churches over the years has been, I don't understand this thing that I'm reading in the Bible. Sometimes I'm like, yeah, me either. Um, let's work through that together. And other times I'm like, oh, I just studied that. Let me tell you a little bit more about it. Ask questions to know Jesus more. Um, ask questions of, of people that, that you trust in leadership. If you don't understand something, please, please, please ask questions. Seek him. Uh, God is, you know, Jesus loves all of us, but we have to seek him to have relationship with us. He's not going to force himself on us. He's just waiting for you. Just spend time with him. Seek him. Seek him in prayer, in reading, in, in development, in discipleship, whatever that looks like. Open your eyes and your ears and your heart to the ways that Jesus is all around you. And this is one that I really like, um, knock, right? Uh, knock and the door will be opened. How many of you have heard the phrase, opportunity knocks, right? Okay, there are lots of opportunities for us in, in life and in our faith, but we have to knock and open the door. Um, sometimes we've heard people say, I just, I just don't know. God's just not making it clear. And I think there are some times God says, step through that door. I've got something on the other side of it for you. Just knock. I'll open that door. But how many times do we just sit back and wait for the door to be thrown wide open and God's just saying, knock on it. 
Pursue it. Knock on the relationship, the door of the relationship with Jesus. That's how we know him more. I don't think we can ever be too pesky when it comes to pursuing Christ. No. Now, parents, you might get to the place where your kids have hounded you. Dad, I want to go. Dad, I want to go. Mom, I need, I need, I need, I need. Mom, 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 mom. And there are probably times where we're just like, would you please stop? <laughs> I don't think that's the way it is with Christ. I don't think we can hound God enough to the point where God's going to turn God's back on, on us. God wants, and in fact, I think the issue it probably is more so, we err on the side of not hounding God enough. But also, I think one of our issues is, we go to God, hounding God for what we think we know is to be, is what we need or want. And what I have found throughout scripture and throughout ministry is this, God ultimately his first priority is not your happiness. Mm. Hear me say this. It's not your happiness. It's your wholeness. God l likes it when you're happy. But if it comes to a choice between making you happy and making you whole, making you whole wins every time. Which means sometimes we're, we're going to struggle. He's going to ruffle our feathers. He's going to ruffle our feathers. He's going to say no sometimes. Right. Because the thing that we want is just that. It's what we want. It's not what we need. I read something yesterday that said um, you, you're never going to hear the voice of God as long as you've already decided what he should say to you. Right. I was like, ooh. Yeah. You know, one of the things that I think applies to this uh, pursuit uh, of knowing Jesus um, because one of the struggles I think with knowing Jesus is, you know, go back to your story. Um, you, we, at one point that weekend, I think we actually might've held hands and I think there was this like, Oh my gosh, this is amazing moment. Right. It was good. It was good. <laughs> but <laughs> there, there was room for we Jesus. Left, we left room for Jesus. Um, <laughs> But when it comes to, to, to knowing Jesus, it's a little harder to reach out and grab a hand for one who is not physically present with us, which is why, and this is an important point, this is, which is why knowing Jesus has got to be paired with being part of the church. Because mm. one of the ways in which you will know Jesus is by spending time with the people of God. And the times in which people struggle the most, it's those times when they are most disconnected. And uh, sometimes we struggle, uh, we wrestle with people because they're like, but I'm just not getting, getting what I think I need out of Jesus. But some of these people sometimes never can come to church. And I'm like, how do you expect to know Jesus if you're not in the word and you're not with the people of God and you're not submitting yourself to these rhythms and patterns where you get to know Jesus through things that he has already hardwired us for. And so when you, one of the encouragements we have is this. Don't just come to church. Be part of the church. Right. I get to stand before 30, 30 odd um, students. The students aren't odd. The number's odd. Um, although some of them probably are odd. But I get, on Tuesdays and Thursdays, I get an hour and a half with uh, 30 students at Trevecca, and we get to talk about 
uh, matters of faith. The class is Christian life and ministry. How do you live out your Christian life in ministry? And the context is the church. How do we do that? And some, I recognize, aren't a part of a church. And we had a very good conversation on Thursday because a student pushed back a little bit and said, because we had made a list of all of the things, uh, the reasons why church are important. And she raised her hand and she said, I, I need you to clarify for me what you mean by church because all of those things I can get outside of the church. And she was right. You can find community outside the church. You can, um, you know, Find people that you resonate with, that you do stuff with outside the church. So what's unique about the church? Well, I, 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 so I clarified for her. When I say church, I mean the people of God on the mission of God. I, I don't mean the organization. I don't mean the, the, the Sunday morning programming, the Wednesday, the midweek program, all that kind of stuff. I don't mean that. I mean the people of God. And so that's why I don't even like to ask people, so where do you go to church? I like to say, what, what church are you part of? And ultimately, the answer is the, the church of God. But do you see yourself as a part of a people here? Or are you just coming to go through the motions of checking off a box so that you can say, I went to church? One of the most fundamental ways we can come to know Jesus is through the gathering together of people who are on the journey of faith together. We encourage each other. We support each other. And there's ways that we do that, both on Sunday mornings, big group time, but also in small groups. And, and I'm, I'm going to talk about something in just a little bit, but I want to read you a passage of Scripture out of Hebrews chapter 10, verses 23, 4, and 5. Let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm, for God can be trusted to keep his promises. You know, that passage of Scripture that, G, that Christy mentioned was this, um, you know, ask, seek, knock. Uh, but the context and the understanding of that is that you are asking for Christ first, before all of the supposed benefits. Mm -hmm. So, um, we, for God can be trusted to keep his promises. Do you know the promises of God? Well, let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. And let us not neglect our meeting together, as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. You know, every day is a day closer to Christ's return. And I'm, uh, you're, you're never going to hear me stand up here and give you a date or a time because I believe that when we start doing that, we lose sight of what does it mean to live out our faith currently, day in and day out. But passage of Scripture here says this, do not give up meeting together as some people do, but look for ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. And I want to ask you this morning, in what ways are you a part of this church in such a way that you are motivating other people in their faith? What conversations are you having? What, uh, what things are you uh, digging in on? The, one of the premise of the class that I'm teaching, and maybe you guys just should come to my class, or maybe I should just teach it here, um, is this. Uh, what does it look like for you to listen and ask questions? Oftentimes, we, we don't listen to what people are saying. We don't hear what's coming out of their mouths because we already have this preconceived understanding of what they, who they are and what they do. But my question for you today is, are you listening to the people around you? Are you paying attention with your eyes and with your ears to what's going on around people? Now, some people, I think, have a gift of discernment. It's a spiritual gift. It goes to a whole other level. But I think all of us, if we were to pay attention long enough, we would be able to tell 
when something's off in someone or when someone's excited about something. I mean, I can tell within a few seconds when you walk through those doors what kind of a week you've had, what kind of a day you're having. And all it takes is paying attention. So this morning, one of the things that I really want to ask is this. Um, well, it, I just want to call this one out among us because this is probably one of the areas that we as a church struggle with the most. Um, we do a, a pretty decent job of, of showing up here on a Sunday morning. But one of the areas that we just, it, it's always a struggle and a push is, is small groups. That is an area where oftentimes you know, we have the borough groups that meet four times a year, different seasons. And of all the churches, real life is the church that attends them the least, which always puzzles me. Why is it that we don't see the need or the importance of gathering together with people in small groups to journey together, to search the scriptures together, to pray together, to hold each other accountable? Because I'll tell you this, the future of real life depends on what happens outside of Sunday mornings in the way we care for each other, pray together, search the scriptures together, and live life outside of this. I'll tell you, your faith cannot be based on the sum total of what is preached up here on a Sunday morning. It is important that the word be proclaimed. It is important. But how you flesh that out together is the next level. And we continue to, to give um, opportunities for this. And what's interesting is we've had several different people who have come forward to lead groups, and they've been discouraged because no one shows up. And one of the questions I think that we, I guess I want to put out there is this. Church, help us understand why you don't want to get together with people in small groups. And I think there's probably a whole lot of different reasons why. But at some point, we as a church have to say, you know what, we want to know Jesus more than we, whatever. That has to become our priority. And it has to become our priority together. And so I, I, I want to call that out in us so that you can help us understand. Because sometimes we sit around the staff table and we're like, I, we don't understand what's going on. And we would love for you to be honest with us so that we can know how to better facilitate Knowing Jesus in small groups. It's a friendly push from your pastor. <laughs> and that's not to say that there are no groups happening. Correct. Uh, what groups are happening? We recognize that the, we, I mean, we've had a great women's group that has met. Um, right now we have a group. There are a list of groups that are happening um, at First Church on Sunday nights. But Gary and Patty Johnson have signed up to lead a group on Sunday evenings. And someone's asked, well, what are we studying? And the best, Patty and I were walking the other day talking about this, the Bible. You're literally opening the Bible and studying straight, straight scripture. There's questions that go along with it. This, there's um, a Bible that they have that they've just loved how it's literally the questions dig right into what scripture means. Um, and I can't think of a better way to know God than to study right from the Bible. I got to say one more thing. Oftentimes, small groups, um, some of you are used to what we, what we call Sunday school. Oftentimes, those groups <coughs> default to transfer of information. You come to a group saying, I need to know more about this, so I'm going to show up. One of the problems with that is we, we live in a generation where information is not lacking. You have access to more information than anyone in, at any other point in history has ever had. Information is not the problem. 
application's the problem. We know things, but we don't know how to apply it. We, we need to go from information, knowledge, to wisdom. And that's lived out, and that's figured out when we get together and flesh it out. So 1 John 2, verses 3 through 6 says, And we can be sure that we know him if we obey his commandments. If someone claims, I know God, but doesn't obey God's commandments, that person is a liar and is not living in the truth. But those who obey God's word truly know how completely they love him. That is how we know we are living in him. Those who say they live in God should live their lives as Jesus did. So when we know Jesus, um, we should be living it out. When we say we know Jesus, our life should reflect it, right? We come in here on Sunday morning, and, and you can act one way in church on a Sunday morning and act a completely different way the rest of the week. But what this is saying is if you're saying you know God, you should leave this place and your life should reflect that you know God. Those that are around you who don't go to church with you should be able to say that person knows God. When we know Jesus, this is one of the things that I, I, I really was uh, wrestling this week as we were having this discussion about what it means to know Jesus. Um, when we know Jesus and when we obey him, there are three things that we know. We know that he loves or he knows us. We know that he loves us, and we know that he sees us. And I, I began to process what that means, and I got to thinking about um, there are, right now we are in a season with, with COVID and the effects that it has had on our world, and with the political climate of our world, there is just a lot of angst among people. There is angst whether you own a business and don't have enough employees, there is angst because you know a loved one who is ill. There is angst because you are desperately lacking and missing community that you've had from being quarantined or being holed up away from everyone else. But there's all of this angst, and, and there's this, you know, we have some people who come to us and just say, I just, I just don't even know anymore. Does God even love me? And I just think when we know God, regardless of our circumstance, we know that he loves us. And when we know God, we know that he knows us. He knows the struggle going on in our heart, but he loves us anyway. And we know that he sees us. We are not left like, I just think God's totally abandoned me. No, when you know God, you know that even though you're struggling, he is still there in the midst of it with you. You know, I, I, I was in my prayer time and I shared about this in my midweek email to you guys. I was in my prayer time this week just desperately pouring my heart out to God. What in the world, Lord? What in the world? And I just heard God say to me, I'm at work, Christy. I'm at work. It's not that I'm going to be, it's I am. I am. And I am at work does not necessarily mean that all your struggles are going to go away. But you can be have peace and security in the midst of that unknown. So when we know, when we really know God, we know that he loves us. We know that he sees us in our junk and in our struggles. And we know that he loves us. There's no question in our mind. And if I know that God loves me and I know that God's got my back, then guess what? I can stand strong in whatever the muck and the mud is that I'm walking through. You put out a question on Facebook yesterday. I did. Um. What was the question? My question was, what has 
How has knowing God or Jesus made a difference in your life? And you got a whole slew of responses from people. I did. Um, and there are some really good things in here. One person said he, he is always there. He's never too busy. Uh, another person said, hope of seeing my mom again. Uh, knowing Jesus brings consequences with it. And some of those are uh, just life-changing because when we know Jesus, we understand that our story doesn't end at our final breath. That somebody else said, oh, geez, the things that he set me free from, it would make your head spin. But my fondest thought is knowing that there's life after this life. Uh, time and time again, the word that I kept seeing was hope. Mm -hmm. Knowing Jesus gives me hope. Right. And so here at Real Life, we're talking about being a people who understand what it means to live real. And that... I think is one of the platforms on which we can fully know Jesus. Because if we're hiding, if we are playing um, hide and seek with God, if we are um, <laughs> playing hide and seek with each other, if we are not owning up to who we are and where we're at with God, it's not possible for us to fully know Jesus because he wants us to be fully surrendered. And that's the story of Jesus. Jesus is not looking to just kind of wash over some of the things in your lives. He wants you to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. He wants to see your bodies transformed. He wants to see your souls set free. And knowing Jesus accomplishes stuff like that. It brings us hope. Right. I think about this morning when I got this text from Norman, and he, he said to me, uh, actually, see, see if I can pull it up real quick. Because um, we need to be praying for him and his family. Um, no. But he just said, I had to say goodbye to my brother, Kerman, this week. He is with Jesus. Mm -hmm. So I said to him, I said, man, I'm so sorry for your loss. He says, but I'm so excited for Kerman. And I know that Norman understands that language. And, uh, yeah, it, it hurts, but he has hope. Because the pain and the heartache here on earth has been taken away, and Kerman is now with Jesus. Knowing Jesus has its, well, I guess it has its benefits. Right. It has its huge benefits. And I just want to say this. If you find yourself in the shoes of, you know what, I know Jesus, but I don't know Jesus this morning, that's okay. Right? That can still come. It's never, it's never too late to really know Jesus. You just have to start. And so... It, whether you're the one in here who says, I'm just now getting to know Jesus, or you're the one who's like, man, I know Jesus. That's okay. We're in this together. That's the glory of the church. And Jeremy's saying, you know, you don't have that physical hand. Stand up a second. I get to hold his hand. Um, it's that, that physical, like, of holding hands, right? It's that glorious feeling. That's what the church is. It's when you don't quite have what it takes to stand up on your own, the church says, let me, come, let me link arms with you. Let me hold your hand and walk through this with you. I can't tell you how many times the church has walked through things with me. When I went through postpartum depression after Jace was born, how many ladies sat in my house and hugged and rocked my baby and fed him and played with toddler Reagan while I laid in bed convinced I was dying? I'm forever grateful to those ladies 
that's the church. That's what knowing Jesus, that's that benefit is having community. That's that thing that Jeremy's telling his class. That's why we need community because we need each other. Link arms, no matter where you're at. And if our goal is to know Jesus, there's a lot that's going to happen on that journey. There's going to be some easy days where it's going to be smooth sailing. You open scripture, uh, you get in a small group, and you have just the best conversation in the world. You read scripture, and you're like, wow, that hits me right where it's at. But other days, you're going to have to wade through it. And sometimes the wading through it is the, man, we've been in some small groups. We, we started attending a small group uh, in college after we'd gotten married, and it was for uh, young marrieds. I don't know who defined young uh, there, but it was not college, like freshly married people. It was those who were newly married, but they were all different ages, and we just didn't click. And we tried, and we tried, and we tried, and it didn't click. But we, we were determined that we wanted to know Jesus together. We knew that knowing Jesus was what our relationship needed. And so we were going to do whatever it took to find that. We actually ended up starting a group at the church. And to this day, that group is life-giving in us. We stay in communication with those people daily because of the, how we live life with them, because of the ways we pursue Jesus together. And so that's my question for you, I guess, as we wrap things up. What are those rhythms in your life that are leading you to know Jesus more than you did yesterday? I mean, can you put your finger on something? That is what's fueling my, my knowledge of, of Christ. That's what's fueling my relationship. It's that time in the word. It's that time before I go to work. It's that time late at night. It's that app that I open, and it gives me devotions for the day. And it's, it's showing up at youth group and showing up at you know, women's groups. It's showing up at men's groups. It's showing whatever it is. What is it in you that is fueling your relationship with Jesus? Because I tell you what, I'm glad you're here on Sunday morning. But don't just come to show up and tick it off the box. Come as a part of knowing Jesus. Final thoughts? I guess I have one. I have one. <laughs> Let those rhythms not be afterthoughts in your life, mm. but they might they be priorities. I, I was going to try and do something, but I just I ran out of time because it was a brainchild at the last moment. Imagine with me, I've got a jar up here. It's a big jar. It's a glass jar. You can see through it. It's nice, sturdy glass, uh, something that you would put stuff in and, and hold it. And I want you to picture three other glasses, glass jars surrounding it. The, the big one is empty. The others, one has big rocks in it. I mean, we're talking the kind of rocks that you have to whole hand type of rocks. The next one has got smaller rocks, you know, little river rocks that kind of you might use to put it along your driveway or, or uh, you know, whatever. And then you have another one that's full of sand. All of those, we've measured it out, all of those fit in that jar. Now, the only way that they're going to fit in there is if you put them in in the right order. If you pour the jar of sand into that big one, it's going to create a base, a great base. It might fill it adequately, 
uh, and then you take the, the small rocks and you pour them in there and, uh, you know, you level those out so it looks nice and pretty. And then you get to the biggest rocks and all of a sudden you realize those rocks don't fit because they didn't go in the right order. Right. Now, you empty that back out, let's reset, and you've got this, big j this jar of big rocks and you put those in. You take the small jar of the small rocks and you pour that in and, and you shake it around just a little bit. And they find their ways to the hidden spots, the hidden spots, the places where no one knows, but they're there. And then you take the sand and you pour that over top and you just kind of sh keep shaking it around and it fills all of the, the empty spaces. And everything fits if you put it in in the right order. And I wonder for us, which jar are we filling our our jar with? Are we starting with the sand? Are we starting with the, are we, which one is it? Jesus wants you to put the big rocks in first. Other, there's going to be room for everything else, but only if you put the right rocks in first. Let's be that church that lives real and that knows Jesus, that pursues Jesus with all of our heart. You might say, well, I just, I just don't know how to do that. Well, it starts by showing up. Show up. Show up and journey with the people of God who are on the mission of God. That's right. A.K.A. the church. Absolutely. And I think when you, you know, he said when things are in the right order, when they're not in the right order, your, your jar is always going to feel overwhelmed. And so if your jar is constantly feeling overwhelmed, maybe ne you need to reevaluate what's in your jar and what's the order that it's in. Let's pray. God, we come before you this morning and we thank you for today. We thank you that we have the opportunity to know you. That we don't have to know you through someone else, that we can personally know you. That we can have relationship with you, that your death on the cross invited us into relationship with you. And so God, I pray for each one that is here today and each one that is online with us today, that you would meet them where they are God, that you would answer questions that they might have, and maybe it's not the way that they expect it to be answered, but that you would commune with them. God, would you, um, would you help us as in our seeking to know you, help us to find you? Would you help us in our asking to give us understanding and wisdom? And would you help us to knock on those opportunities that you've put in front of us? and to walk through those doors. God, may what we do here on Sunday morning not just be something that stays within these walls, but God, may we be the church through the rest of the week. May we live out our faith everywhere we go. May we not compartmentalize knowing Jesus in certain places, but may we know you in all that we do, in all that we say, in every part of who we are. Help us to know you, Jesus. In your name. Amen. Stand with me, us. Churches, you go out this week. May the God who wants to be known be the God that you pursue. And as you uh, look around and listen around, 
and you hear the whispers of God in your life, may you find that it's not just a knowledge of God, but it's that relationship with him. Church, may we be that people who choose to live real and know Jesus. And until we meet again, would that be a blessing in your life? And may you be a blessing to someone else's. Thank you for joining us today. We would love for you to join us in person. Our address is 2022 East Main Street in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. If you'd like to make a donation to keep our podcast ministry going, you can do so online at reallifecommunity.org slash give. Thanks again for listening.